Let me ask you this. Do you really understand what your customers and team members really want? If not, find out how on today's show. Now, in order to run a successful HVAC company, we must be master communicators. Improving communication with customers and team members always allows us to grow our business the right way and make sure we run things as smoothly as possible. Today, we have Rob Schallenberger in the house to talk about all things communication. Take it away, Rob. Now, before we get to our main content, I need to let you know about LEAD 2021, the transformational virtual leadership summit for contractors coming up on March 9th and 10th. It's a can't-miss online event designed to teach you the right leadership skills to get the most out of your business. I'll be a presenter, along with some other folks you'll recognize from Cracking the Code, like Drew Cameron and Mr. Gary Ellix. And we'll also feature big-time celebrity keynote presentations from Kevin O'Leary and Tim Grover. Learn more and register at lead2021event.com. Hello, my name is Rob Schallenberger, and congratulations on watching this short clip. Now, we've spent, as a company, decades researching great leaders and high performers, looking at their habits and the principles that they focus on to be among the very best in their industry. And we wanted to find out why are they so different than their peers, than other people. And what we found in this research is that there are 12 principles of highly successful leaders that you see over and over in the very best. And what we're going to focus on in the next few minutes is principle number seven of those 12 principles, be an effective communicator. Now, why is this so important both in our personal lives and our organizations? I want you to think about this. Maybe visualize in your mind a conversation you've had with someone in the past where you felt like they weren't listening to you. They just weren't engaged. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions regarding that conversation. Number one, how did you know that person wasn't engaged? How did you know they weren't listening? And you'll probably say, well, you know, they were looking at their phone, their eyes were somewhere else. You could see that, you know, maybe they're there, but not mentally there. There's a lot of ways you can tell, right? Second question is, how did you feel when talking with that person? It's usually not very pleasant. They're not someone we want to talk with again. It's not enjoyable, right? So this is a big deal, both in our personal lives and our professional lives. And I love what a gentleman named Prakar said. And see if you could relate to this. The greatest mistake we humans make in our relationships is we listen half, understand a quarter, think zero, and then react double. <laughs> is this true for a lot of us? Well, I would venture to say yes, and that is because really communication is such an emotional topic. We all have these different backgrounds and paradigms, and it's through that lens with which we look at the world, which inherently makes communication very challenging. Now, from the team perspective, look at this. There was a research study done in which they found that the cumulative cost per employee is almost $26,000 annually due to communication barriers. Now, at first I thought, is that really right? And in my experience with organizations all over the world, I would suggest that number is actually much higher than that. I mean, you think about the importance of a conversation with just one employee, whether they stay or go. How about if it's a sales rep? You know, the cumulative impact of 20 or 30 conversations with different clients, or how about a utility company? So every one of these conversations adds up and that number can grow exponentially big. So we all have a vested interest in this particular principle and how to improve our communication skills. So what we're gonna focus on in the next few minutes are three objectives. Number one is to learn the five steps to become a master listener. 
Number two is to discover how to bring up a difficult issue. I'm going to share a very simple thing that you can do, uh, whether it's with a spouse, a coworker, a client, whoever it might be. And then number three is learning how to chair fly an important conversation. So let's jump into this. We're going to first start with the five steps to becoming a master listener. And as I go through each one of these, think about how they might apply to you. How about to your coworkers or the rest of the people on your team? So let's really analyze each step and apply them to ourselves. The first step to become a master listener is to look the person in the eyes. Sounds easy, right? Well, how often do we talk with someone and they're looking at their phone or they're on their computer typing? And they might even say, yeah, I'm listening, go ahead. Really though, so many studies have shown that you cannot multitask and truly give yourself to a conversation if we're not looking them in the eyes. So that's step number one, look the person in the eyes. Number two is to focus on the person's words and not on our response. Now, I think we've all been there at some point, right? Where we're talking with someone and we see their lips moving, but we have no idea what's coming out of their mouth because what are we focused on? <laughs> our response, right? And it really takes a concerted effort to focus on someone's words and let go of the response, to really be engaged and just listen to their words. Number three is to watch their body language. Now think about why this is so important. 55% of communication is done through body language. The other 38% is done through the tone of voice. That leaves only 7% of our communication are the actual words we use. So how important is it to be engaged with someone and watch them? And this is why inherently in conversations, I would suggest that in-person conversations are almost always best. Next, in order of effectiveness is Zoom or GoToMeeting because you can still see people's body language. You can still hear their tone of voice. The next most effective is a phone call. And the least effective form of communication and also the most popular is texting and emailing because we've just eliminated 93% of what communication is all about. And so these three steps are great starts, but it's really steps four and five that are the challenge for most people. And we'll get into those right now. So I just want to bring us back up to here. Number one, look someone in the eyes. Number two, focus on their words. Don't worry about what to say next. And number three, watch their body language. Now let's get into four and five. These are the real, these are the tough ones. Number four is when someone is done talking to us, acknowledge what they've said and pay respect to the person speaking. In other words, just acknowledge what they've said. And that is so contrary to most people in our culture because we are wired in almost every culture throughout the world to problem solve, to jump right in and solve whatever the issue is someone shares with us. And that is a very ineffective form of communication because most people, when we do that, don't really feel heard nor understood. So what does it look like when we acknowledge someone? It could be as simple as, wow, you know, that sounds so exciting. Or, wow, you know, that would be really frustrating. I could only imagine going through something like that. Can you see how that simple acknowledgement there, there's just a pause and there's this feeling of understanding that's going to come into the other person. How often do people do that with you? Hardly ever, right? So that's step four. Now I want to show you this in practice. Some of you may be familiar with Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is one of the masters of communication. Now I'm going to show you a little video of something that happened almost 50 years ago. Uh, the government, the U.S. government was going to cut 50% of PBS's funding, which equated to $20 million. Well, by law, PBS was allowed 15 minutes in front of a Senate subcommittee. And Senator Pastore is the one chairing that committee. And by his own admission, he's a pretty tough, pompous type guy. 
Now you're going to see that as you watch this video. So again, by law, PBS had 15 minutes in front of this Senate subcommittee that controlled the purse strings and the funding. Now, as far as I was able to tell in researching this, it looks like the Senate subcommittee had already made their decision. They were going to cut the funding to PBS and take out $20 million. This 15 minutes was just a formality. Now again, PBS chose Mr. Rogers as their spokesman and watch how he acknowledged Mr. Pastore in this exchange. Now again, they had 15 minutes. This whole exchange took nine minutes. I cut this down to about four minutes that you'll see in this video clip. Now I'll pause a couple of times along the way so that we can look at how he really practices step four and then acknowledges Mr. Pastore. And let's see what the impact actually is. Take a look. All right, Rogers, you got the floor. <laughs> Senator Pastore, this is a philosophical statement and would take about 10 minutes to read, so I'll not do that. Uh, one of the first things that a child learns in a healthy family is trust, and I trust what you have said that you will read this. It's very important to me. I care deeply about children. My first children. Will it make you happy if you read it? Okay, so how would most of us responded right there to Mr. Pastore? <laughs> you know, he just, you can even see in his body language, right? The wagging of the head. There's this condescension looking out at him. Would it make you happy if you read it? Well, how would most of us responded right there? You know, we would have got probably right back in his face. Look, I told you, if you read it and blah, blah, blah. And how would that work out if we got angry and defensive and combative? Like 100 out of 100 times, it's not going to work, right? Yet, how can we keep approaching communication that way in our culture? So watch how this continues to unfold and watch what Mr. Rogers does in the spirit of acknowledging him in step four and look at the impact this has on Mr. Pastore. I'd just like to talk about it, if all it's right, all right. Okay. My first children's program. Did you catch that? He just asked him a simple question to acknowledge his authority. I would just like to talk about it, if that's all right with you. And what was the tone of voice change that happened in Mr. Pastore? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So see, 99 out of 100 people, in my opinion, probably would have blown it in the first minute. Yet, now because of acknowledging him, asking a simple question, would you mind if I... Sure, sure, go ahead. Now let's watch, watch what happens next. This is what I give. I give an expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable, we will have done a great service for mental health. Uh, I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger, much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. I'm constantly concerned about what our children are seeing. And for 15 years, I have tried in this country and Canada to present what I feel is a meaningful expression of care. Do you uh, narrate it? I'm the host, yes. 
and I do all the puppets, and I write all the music, and I write all the scripts. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy, and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. <laughs> well, I'm grateful, not only for your goosebumps, but for your interest in, in our kind of communication. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs which I feel is very important? Yes. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and who talks like that? You know, thank you for your goosebumps. You know, we just don't say that in our culture. So that's another way that he acknowledged him. He acknowledged his goosebumps, right? And then he asked him again, do you mind if I share the words from one more story? And so there was two different ways where he's practicing step four. Again, he just continues to acknowledge Mr. Pastore. And let's see how this all ends, remembering that $20 million is at stake right here. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children do, doing puppets in, in very personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad you could bite when the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop any time. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. <clears throat> Looks like you just earned the $20 million. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? $20 million. And again, where would most people have blown this? Right in the beginning, that combative exchange with Mr. Pastore. Yet by practicing step four and really listening, there was a total shift that happened on the entire committee, and it was $20 million. So what is step five? Step five is after we acknowledge someone, we want to use what we call the mirror technique. In other words, we repeat back and check for understanding. And there's a kind of a key word here, if. You know, so if I understand you correctly, you're saying that. Or let me just make sure I understand. If I understood you, you're saying that. And how different is this than saying, you know what? I totally understand. I got it. I, I feel that. I mean, I've been there myself. I, I get it. I understand. Maybe, but maybe not. We don't know that, and that's why we mirror back, is because our perspective and paradigm is going to be so different than someone else's. Try this and see what happens. When I do this, about 80% of the time, someone will come back and say, yeah, that's mostly it, but you missed this. And then they'll go on to say something else. So here's my invitation to you, is take this week, you have five days, you know, actual weekdays, and work on each one of these steps, one a day. Just focus on that and really master it during the day. So maybe Monday or day one, Really focus on looking people in the eye. Don't try and multitask while you're communicating with them. Day two is focus on their words. Just really be engaged to what someone is saying, whether it's a coworker, a customer, a spouse, whoever it might be. Number three, really dial into people's body language. You know, if they fold their arms and step back, that's a potential defensive posture. 
versus the engaging smile where they're leaning into us like that. Maybe on day four, just practice acknowledging someone. Acknowledge their feelings of what they just said. You know, I'd be frustrated too. I could only imagine going through something like that. Or, man, that sounds pretty tough. Or, how exciting. What a cool adventure. So just practice step four, acknowledging someone. And then on day five, practice really that mirror technique. Repeating back to people. Use the key word, if. So if, if I understood you correctly, you're saying that. And just see what people respond. And at first, it may feel mechanical. It may not feel natural. And it's because it's not. In our culture, this is very different form of communication than most of us are used to using in our day-to-day -day communication. So give this a shot. Practice it. Now, if you want to have some fun right now with someone on your team and they're available, here's a way to test it and take it to the next level and practice right now. And that is, I'm going to give you an easy or a hard way. The easy way is to grab someone around you and have them come up with some scenario and just share their dream vacation and why. You practice steps four and five. Wow, that sounds amazing. So if I understood, what you want to do is this. Now, if you want to step up, step it up a notch, have them practice or pretend to be an angry customer. And practice steps four and five. Acknowledge them and then really see if you've captured what they're frustrated about. Now, we're going to pause and I'm going to show you just a little demo or a role play of what this might look like. All right, so I'm going to invite Tommy in here and we're going to role play this. So watch how I practice steps four and five. All right, we got Tommy in here. He's, he's a good looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> So he's going to pretend to be an angry customer, and I'm just going to practice steps four and five and see if this feels natural. See if this you know, feels calming. How would you respond and feel if you were the customer? So let's give this a shot. We haven't rehearsed this. We haven't practiced this. This is ad lib right now. All right, let's do it. Am I on the phone? Um, sure, you'd be on the phone or okay. person. Yeah, on the phone's great. Yeah, hello. I'd, uh, I'm just calling. I'm a little upset. I placed an order a week ago. It said it would ship out in two days, and it still says it hasn't been, been picked from your inventory. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for calling us. And you know what? It sounds like uh, that would be really frustrating. If I was in your shoes, I'd be upset. Yeah. We clearly yeah. wasted your time. Yeah, I'm upset. And so let me see if I've captured what you're saying, first of all. I just want to make sure I understand. So if I understood correctly, you're saying that you placed the order a week ago, that it would be there in two days, and on the website right now, it's still showing that it's in process, and it hasn't even shipped. Yep. Still in inventory. Okay. So how did you feel? I mean, that's it right there. Just very quick, right? A little real play. How did you feel? Felt better that you at least were trying to understand what was going on, that you wanted to understand my situation and understand the process instead of just blowing you off. Yeah. So it may not have been perfect, right? I mean, you could see there was no practice there. It was really just natural and flowed. Uh, but the whole point is we're really trying to acknowledge, first of all, the frustration that clearly the customer feels, right? We want to put ourselves in his or her shoes. And second, let's just make sure we've captured what they're saying versus how many times have you talked with someone, say in the customer experience role, who says, well, I'm showing right here, it actually shipped. Or, okay, well, we'll look into this, we'll get back to you. Okay, I'm just another number. So hopefully you can sense the difference there in practicing steps four and five by acknowledging and then repeating back to see if you've captured what the other person is saying. Okay, so we thank Tommy for being a part of that. Hopefully that was helpful to see what that looks like, you know, in real time. And of course, the old adage, perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> and so just getting some repetitions under our belt and getting better and better will help us perfect that skill set of really listening. It's one of the greatest gifts that you can give the people who are close to you in your life is to really listen and understand what they're saying. Now, the second objective of today is how do you bring up difficult issues? And I'm talking about something that you need to bring up. You know, if a sales rep has sales has been declining for three months, you need to bring that up. 
If there's a real issue with a spouse that's really hurting the relationship, we need to bring it up. The question is how do we do that in a way that's not confrontational and we create an ally rather than an enemy? And I'm gonna give us a very simple way to do that. And here's how easy it is, at least right here on the screen. Maybe not so easy in practice, it may take a couple of times. So go like this. On your screen, you'll see an example. Let's use that sales analogy or sales example that I just mentioned. So I walk up to an employee or a team member and here's approach number one. You tell me how you feel about this. Hey, you know what? Your sales have been going down for the last three months. I don't know what's going on. It seems like we've talked about this several times. You really need to fix it. And if you don't fix it, then we're gonna to have to find another alternative. So most likely what we've just done right there is we've created an enemy rather than an ally, right? Even just watching that, you probably feel a little bit defensive. Versus watch this second approach. I approach the person and say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking a lot about your sales and you know, three months ago we were just awesome up here. And over the last three months there's been a little decline. And I've really been thinking about how do we get our sales back up to where they were three months ago? And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. So do you see how inviting that is? Right there, we've created an ally rather than an enemy. So as all it is, is this. I've been thinking about X and phrase it in a positive, And I'd like to get your thoughts on how to X, fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be word for word. The intent is I've been thinking about, phrase it in a positive way, and I'd like to get your thoughts on. You know, if this was a marriage, (laughs) there's a high stakes issue right there, right? You know, I've been thinking about our marriage and how many years we've had together and how awesome it's been. And, you know, I've just been thinking about how over the last few months we've both been so busy going our different directions And I've been thinking about how do we spend more time together? How do we have this quality time and and get back to maybe some of that fun that we had a few months ago? And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. The issue needs to be brought up, right? If it's impacting the relationship, we just can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. So this is a very simple way to bring up difficult issues. Now, the third and final thing I want to talk about here in communication is a term that we call chair flying. And if you have an important conversation that you need to have with a coworker, a client, your spouse, or anybody else, you may want to consider chair flying that conversation before you actually have it. Now, here's what I mean by chair flying. In the fighter pilot world, before every important mission, we'll go sit in a briefing room. And for those who don't know me from other videos and things with EGIA, I was a fighter pilot for 11 years flying F-16s. So after the brief, we'd go sit down in the briefing room, we'd close our eyes, and we'd visualize the most important parts of that flight. And that's what chair flying is. It's a form of visualization. And you really want to involve all five senses. What does it smell like in the room? What do you hear? What's the temperature in the room? So when we'd sit down and we'd chair fly, the most important part of a mission, it would look like this. I'm in a quiet briefing room. I'd ask, what does it smell like in the cockpit? It's hot, I can smell the jet fuel, the the jet exhaust. What does it feel like? It's probably like 90 degrees because I'm sweating. I've got sweat all over. Where's my wingman? Okay, mile line abreast over here. What do I see? Okay, so I'm in the situation, 500 feet, 500 knots. We're going to a target, 500 feet, 500 knots at 6.2, check 30 right, 30 right. Nose up 20 degrees right here, nose up 20 degrees. Wingman floats from left to right. Nose up 20 degrees, afterburner nozzle. Swings open, airspeed, check, and over to CCIP. Targets off here to the left. Roll down, set, 20 degrees, nose low, out of AB. Check, airspeed, CCIP, on, paper on, pickle. Off, team out left, five Gs in two seconds. Should see my wingman floating from right to left. So what just happened right there is I just chair flew the most important part of my mission. So what are the odds that I'll be more successful when we're actually there? I've already been there once in my mind's eye. 
I do this with my daughter before a soccer game, with my son before a football game. In other words, this chair flying allows us to go through the experience before we actually have the experience. And you know, we did a seminar one time with a large construction company and the president of the company called a couple of months later and said, Rob, there were so many awesome things that came from that. But the one that had the biggest financial impact right out of the gates was chair flying. And what he went on to say was that he had a big proposal that was due to the state and they had a committee that would review the proposals. Typically they'd review the proposals and then get back, you know, to the person within a couple of weeks after they've had a chance to evaluate the different people and go through the interviews. He said, you know what, before I would have just gone in there and winged it. Think communication, right? How effective is that going to be to wing it? Versus what he did this time after learning about chair flying is he wrote down 20 questions that he thought that that committee would ask him. And it was amazing because he said as soon as he went in there and had that interview with the committee, they asked almost every one of the questions that he thought they might ask him. And he said, Rob, I had chair flown each answer until I couldn't get it wrong. And he said, the truth is I knocked that interview out of the park because he said I had chair flown it. And they were so impressed with his answers. They were so impressed with his interview that they gave him the multi-million dollar contract on the spot. And that's the power of chair flying and being prepared for an important conversation. So if you're going to bring up a difficult issue with someone, you know, a co coworker or a spouse, if you're going to go through something, practicing the five steps of listening, if you have an important conversation, chair fly at first with yourself, go through and say, okay, where's the acknowledgement? What does the mirror technique look like? So if I understand you correctly, or if you're bringing up the difficult issue, what are the words that you're actually using? And it will behoove all of us to chair fly that one or two times prior to the actual conversation. So I hope this was helpful. Three simple things that you could do that will help us be an effective communicator. And I invite you this week, like I did already, to go through each one of those five steps to becoming a master listener, just one a day. That'll take us through the whole week. And then if you need to bring up a difficult issue this week, use that approach. You know, I've been thinking about, for, phrased in a positive way, and I'd like to get your thoughts on and then chair fly the conversation before. And I promise that each one of these together will help move the needle and help us have more meaningful conversations where people know that you actually care, which like I said earlier, is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the people around you. So finally, what I invite you to do is if you haven't read Becoming Your Best already, I encourage you to go get the book, share it with your team, and start with this chapter, since we're talking about this right now, focus on principle seven, be an effective communicator. And then once you finish this chapter, go to all of the other chapters and read about the other 11 principles because each one is equally impactful. So between now and the next time we meet, I hope you have a wonderful day and a great week. As always, some awesome content there from Mr. Rob Schallenberger. Listen, if you're a member and you haven't taken their full course on performance and productivity, head over to the contractor training part of the website and click online classes and then performance and productivity. You'll learn how to do what matters most using their simple six-step process. If you're not a member of Contractor University, then I really encourage you to sign up for a free 30-day trial. At the top of this page, you're going to see how to do that, right? You just click that link. You'll get instant access to the Schallenberger's courses and all of our other content for 30 days, absolutely free. That's it for now, my friends. We'll see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.